No Junk Mail presents The Trading Post, narrated by the author James R. Von Felt. Chapter 14 Day 10 Early that morning, Longhair treated Alec's wounds. He had the hot water, powder, poultice, and knife. He started by taking off the old dressings and poultice. Then he cleaned up the pus and seared the wounds again, using the hot knife and liquids. Alex's wounds looked about the same. They were red and swollen and had pus. At least they didn't look worse. He was real brave and didn't make a sound, even though we knew it hurt a lot. When he was finished with Alex, Longhair took the bandage off Daryl's shoulder. We could see the wound, and it looked like it was healing. The swelling had also gone down a little. The treatment seemed to be working, and the bandage and sling were helping to hold everything in place. It took quite a while for Longhair to treat Daryl and Alex. Meanwhile, a few Indians handed out pancakes, a strip of meat, and some broth to everybody. We drank the broth from clay bowls. Afterwards... Daryl felt good enough to try to walk around. We helped him up, and he walked a bit, then came back and sat down. He got his own broth this time. Longhair had made a new sling to help hold his arm in position. The new sling protected his bandages. We had seen Longhair working on this sling. He made it out of deerskin and had a design burnt in. The design kind of reminded me of the cougar story we told back in camp. A big cat attacking three warriors. The first clue that something was up was when several Indians gathered around us. Alex was still lying on the stretcher, and Daryl and Longhair were sitting next to him. Billy and I were talking to each other, not paying attention to much of anything. However, when I saw Greyhair and two others approach... I knew something was about to happen, but what? Billy's back was to gray hair as he came up to us, and he kept on talking as he always did. But I was watching gray hair. When gray hair came close, long hair and I stood up. Billy saw me stand and looked around, then stood up too. The Indians closed rank around us in a circle. Greyhair said something. Then one of the Indians gave Greyhair something long and thin. It was made of deerskin. He spoke to us and then handed it to Longhair. Longhair held it out in front of him. It was a headband made of deerskin, and the drawing of a wolf was burnt into it. The headband was about two inches wide and had narrow ties in the back. Longhair lifted the headband high in the air, and he uttered an incantation that was partially speaking and singing. Everyone else was totally quiet. When Longhair was done, he walked over to Billy, held the headband in front of him, and said two distinct words. We didn't understand what they were. Then he turned Billy around and tied the headband on his head. The feather hung down on his back. I just looked on, dumbfounded. Billy didn't know what to do. Three Indians, who had big sticks in their hands, banged them together, making a rhythm. Five others formed a line and danced around Billy. The procession straightened into a line, and Billy was pushed into the middle of it. He staggered out of step at first, but then he caught on. 
You should know Billy well enough by now to know that he was about to put on a show for all of us, and he did. He was keeping rhythm and turning and jumping and clapping his hands. He was acting like Indians we had seen in the Friday night movies at the community center. The line snaked through the camp circle and around everybody there. Soon we were all whooping it up, laughing and clapping in time, making strange noises and howling like wolves. The ceremony went on for about 15 minutes, then it slowed down and quit. We had just witnessed a special ceremony. Billy had been given recognition for his bravery during the wolf attack. As the ceremony was winding down, I noticed some Indians looking to our side and behind us. Eventually, everyone else stopped what they were doing and gazed behind us as well. We turned and saw Philip, Enu, and Looney climbing the slope. Silence fell on the camp as the three approached. Everyone in the camp, including us, stopped everything and stared. We were relieved and happy, but the Indians were cautious. Enu was making signs as the three of them walked towards the circle. Billy and I waved. Greyhair and two others stepped forward to meet them. Enu seemed to understand Greyhair's signs. He followed him into the center of the clearing. They walked right by us and didn't look at us or talk to us. Everyone stared as they walked by. Then they went back to work, breaking camp. The ceremony was over and they were getting ready to move on. Food was brought to the new guests. They ate and continued signing, using few spoken words. Philip was involved. But Looney just sat there, eyes wide, taking it all in. Billy and I stood where we were, watching every detail. Grayhair sent an Indian to Billy. Using signs, the Indian showed he wanted to take the rifle to the group. Billy picked up the rifle and gave it to him. The Indian took the rifle to Grayhair, who looked it over in detail, cocked it several times, then laid it down before him in the circle. They signed some more, a whole lot more. Maybe an hour or half an hour, I don't know, Philip and Looney got up. They came over to us and told us what was going on. Enu was bargaining with Greyhair. We needed a guide and some food. Greyhair wanted Enu's rifle and ammunition. The negotiations broke up and the rest of the group stood up. Enu came over to where we were standing. No one else paid any attention to us. The Indians were busy preparing for their journey back to their village. We sat down around Alex and Daryl and talked about the negotiation. Enu told us the agreement. Two Indians would accompany us back to the trading post, taking care of Alex and Daryl. Enu would sell furs and give Longhair the rifle and some ammunition. As we talked, some Indians came to where we were. They took the horse skids and deer skins. Alex and Daryl were left sitting on the stretchers, covered with the cougar skins. Two Indians approached us. He was carrying Enu's rifle, a bow, some arrows, a hunting knife, his metal pot, and the bag that held his healing medicines. The other Indian, who we call Brave, had two leather bags filled with food. 
As they joined us, the rest of the Indian hunting party left camp, led by Gray Hair on his horse. Soon we were ready to go. Enu had the pistol in his holster around his waist. Philip, Looney, Billy, and I had our spears. After a bit of discussion, we departed with Long Hair leading the way. He also held the front part of Daryl's stretcher. I held the back. Enu was next, carrying the front of Alex's stretcher. Looney was holding the back. As we walked, we all took turns carrying the stretchers. This time we traveled slow and careful, and we stopped to rest a lot. Alex and Daryl were not able to walk. When we began to stumble, we took a break till we felt we could go on. It was clear that it was going to take a long time for us to get back to the lake, maybe two days the rate we were going. At least we had a clear trail to follow back to the lake, and we all knew the way. We kept going till mid-afternoon. The jostling was hard on Daryl and Alex. Enu and Longhair had a conference about finding a camp for the night that we could defend if we had to. We weren't carrying fresh meat, so it was not likely that the wolves were tracking us, but it was possible. They didn't mention cougars and bears. Longhair, Enu, and Brave left to find a camp for the night while we rested. Alex and Daryl took naps. It was a long while before they came back. They were so quiet when they returned that we didn't hear them approach. Suddenly, they were there, right in front of us. With Philip translating, they described a cave that they had found. It would be a good camp. It was dusk now, but the cave was not far off. Daryl and Alex were very, very tired and hurting, too. Billy marked trees with his sword as we went off trail so we could find our way back. We followed Enu through the heavy forest, finally came to a ledge of rock next to a small, shallow pond. A creek ran in one side and out the other side of the pond. The rock ledge was in a clearing. We could see about 50 feet to the edge of the forest. The cave was at the base of the rock. It went back maybe 15 feet or so. The opening was only 5 foot high and about 15 feet wide. We all know what to do. First business was a cook fire, so Longhair could do his medical treatments. We spread out, found wood, and brought it back to camp quickly. Brave had flint. He made sparks on a fire starter stick. Soon a little fire was going. Longhair boiled some water and mixed his medicine. Then he cleaned and dressed Daryl and Alex's wounds. Billy washed the bandages in the creek, then dried them over the fire. Daryl's wound was looking better, but it still hurt him to move his shoulder. He didn't complain about his wrist at all. Alex, on the other hand, wasn't improving as far as I could see. His bandages still had pus on it, and he was hot all over. Long hair cleaned his skin, treated the puncture wounds with the hot knife, water, and powder, put on another poultice to continue drawing out the pus, and then wrapped everything with the cleaned bandage. Philip, Billy, Looney, and I waded into the pond to clean up a bit. The water was cold and refreshing. We explored all around the pond looking for fish, but didn't find any. While we were exploring, Philip pointed out that it hadn't rained all day. He was right. It was overcast, but no rain. 
We wondered how long the rain would hold off. After this, we gathered pine boughs to sleep on and enough firewood for two all-night fires. When we got back to camp, we realized that the wood we'd gathered was damp and needed to be dry if wolves came around, so we stacked it closer to the fire. We also placed the ends of some sticks in the fire so that if we needed to, we could pull them out and throw them at the wolves, like the Indians did. For dinner, we ate raw crawdads and more Indian pancakes. It all tasted good, and we wished we'd had more. We made sure Alex and Daryl had all they wanted, though Alex didn't eat much. Seemed that he needed more water than anything. Longhair checked Alex and Daryl's wounds one more time, then we settled down for the night. For protection, we had bows and arrows, hunting knives, spears, and the pistol if we needed it. We set up watches as we usually did, with two per watch. Philip and I had the first watch. Looney and Longhair had the second, and Enu and Billy took the third watch. Finally, Brave and I had the morning watch. Way into the night, we could hear the familiar night birds, the occasional wolf in the distance, and perhaps a bear growl, but nothing threatening to us. By the last watch, it was misting and foggy, but our fires were close to the rock wall, and they kept going. Story continued on chapter 15.